everyone. You're listening to Unconventional with your hosts, Rod Javeri, Jirag Shah, and one of our reoccurring guests, Stephen Ten Holder. Today, we're going to talk about creativity and wealth. If you were the wealthiest man or woman on this planet, what creative ideas would you come up with? Like, would it be like practical? Would you be more like philanthropic? I don't know. Stephen, take it away for us. Yeah, so this kind of comes up since we're thinking about Elon Musk and his super unconventional approach to the things he does and his wealth. And I think even recently, before he was announced as the wealthiest person, he said, I don't know, in a tweet, maybe he was in a mood, I'm getting rid of all my properties, my houses, I'm just going to rent. I don't need this physical stuff anymore. And Jeff Bezos, you know, he's building that 10,000 year clock and they've each got these pet projects or at least Jeff Bezos with Blue Origin. So for me, it's kind of like, if you are the wealthiest person, are there unique kinds of things that you could decide to spend your money on that would benefit society or would just be interesting for its own sake in some important way? And then I guess we can also talk about the morals of that, right? Like Bill Gates is probably the most moral billionaire there is, both with his money and time. Is that the only thing we ought to do, even if we could be creative with a billion dollars? So I'll I'll put it to you, Raj and, and Shirag, first. What would be, just to start it off in a kind of fun way, maybe, what would be the thing you'd get, like a toy that you would get that is just like a frivolous thing that you'd want? Oh, man. Try to bring the shallow sides out of us or something. Yeah. Like. Start shallow. <laughs> I don't know, man. I would say a McLaren. <laughs> um, I think that's yeah. the first toy yeah. I would get would be a freaking supercar. I, I love McLarens. Probably also a boat. <laughs> boat would be nice. So we'll go with we'll go with the yacht, right? We'll pretend. Yeah, a yacht, a yacht, <laughs> yacht, yeah. The same yacht that the same yacht that was at my bachelor party. That same exact yacht. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. With everything that was in it. <laughs> more of it, right? Times 10, though. Yeah, more of it. Times 10. Especially not on Easter Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, Steven, I'll, I'll tell you later about I'll, that. It's it's a little thing in Panama City. Yeah, I'll, save, I'll save you. I'll save you, Raj. I'll, I'll change track here. I'll save you here for going, from going into details. I'll... Um, I'll say when I was when I was a kid, I don't know for some reason I've never gotten like the like that like remote control car, like monster wheel type of remote control car that like flips, turns, goes through all types of terrain. I think I'd want like a like a full scale version of like a remote control car. But <laughs> nowadays, I feel like I would need like a drone. Like I'd need to control like a full size drone. I think would be pretty cool to kind of fly around. Maybe maybe pick people up in. Maybe you know fly 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 with it. That'd be kind of sick, but I mean, the whole the whole remote control real life car. I mean, isn't that just called a Tesla? <laughs> like, because, remote because you can though. summon it. You can summon it. I guess it could follow you yeah, wherever you wanted to go. This is the closest we're we gonna get to a yeah. remote control car. The realistic. I would, I would build an right obstacle there. course. I, yeah, I would build an obstacle course to have some fun with it. Though, yeah, and maybe nice. you can drive your drive your boat through it too somehow. <laughs> somehow. <yeah. laughs> All of our toys can live together in this. Like we pool our wealth together, and we have like a crazy course for all of our dumb toys. What would you do, Stephen? Stephen, you you didn't answer this question for yourself. Good point. Uh, I think I would get a Gulfstream, so you know the one of the private jets. That'd be cool to get around and travel and be able to like land at any airport. That'd probably be my number one. How come I did not think of that? 
Of course. <laughs> yes. A yeah. private yeah. jet with unlimited fuel. A private jet and maybe an oil company. So this way <laughs> so you don't have to pay no, for no, insane prices things. of fuel. Okay, yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah. But I also yeah. like the Silicon Valley. If you guys saw that, uh, there's that episode where the billionaire, the guy with the tres gomas, uh, he has a startup that he's invested in that like automates parenting. So he's like, he doesn't want to be the bad guy in the parenting relationship for his son. So he's like, uh, oh, Tommy, I'm so sorry. Look, the house is telling you, you've got to go to bed. And the house just says, Tommy, you need to go to bed. He's like, it's not me, <laughs> it's the house. It just it needs you to go to bed. I'm sorry, Tommy. So I guess the kind of idea of having startups in your back pocket that do the kind of like things that you would like in life generally. You know, you come up with like, I don't know, I have like a head mounted thing for my iPhone. I'd love it if there was like some startup that just made exactly what I wanted every time. Uh, so that'd be cool. It'd be like the Steven incubator for Steven's personal needs and maybe other people will like it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're going to see so many like, like gimmicks and things that are completely unnecessary, completely, I would say complimentary to our last episode about minimalism. <laughs> it would completely go exactly. It's so complimentary exactly. to that. Right. But no, it, it goes back to this interesting like topic of like, all right, like if you have all the wealth in the world, like would you get creative or would you just keep continuing to spoil yourself and just like spend your money towards like convenience? Right. And then like, you do have people of like the Elons of the world who will use his wealth and power and knowledge to create all these different ideas and, and his vision of going to Mars and Hyperloop and, you know, controlling people's brain or updating your brain. Are, are those things that Elon's doing? Do you think those are looked at like selfless or do you think those are selfish? Like him wanting to SpaceX and exploration to Mars. I think it's, you know, he's pursuing his own imagination. Is that selfish or are you looking at it from the standpoint of, well, he's actually doing, you know, good for mankind? I think it's both. Can, can I say that is both? I think it's like also 100%. like what he's doing is like basically following his imagination. However, he's doing it in a way or presenting it in a way for sure that he's doing it for the greater good of the planet. I don't know like what his true intentions are, or what side he's actually like leaning more towards. Like if it is like his personal stuff, because he does have that attitude. Like, you know, I don't really give a fuck what you think. I'm just going to do it. But then like, he also like, you know, presents himself like, Hey, you know, like climate change is a thing. Like we need to remove carbon emissions and, you know, we won't have as many resources as we think in the future on this planet. So we need to start thinking about how to survive um, as a human race um, in long-term perspective. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's that. Um, obviously, like a lot of his stuff is based off of his hypothesis. And, and I mean, as much as he can provide it, that it's evidence-based, you know, we really don't know if we can really live on Mars, right? And he really believes so. Fire a couple of nukes over there, change the change the atmosphere around change the yeah, change the atmosphere <laughs> around Mars and make it livable. I don't know what do, you, do you guys think like space in general is kind of a luxury? Like we could be spending a lot of that money on climate change related things like creating solar panel farms or vertical farms, a lot of farms I guess. Things that help people on Earth as it is now, whether it's like homelessness or third world countries space as an entity or as like a, a project it's like it it does feel like a luxury it feels like a thing that gets people excited but it's just because we kind of want it it's not actually economically going to help everyone else on earth anytime soon yeah 
No, I, I, yeah, I, I think we should, but I think it goes back to the question of if we're talking about being the world's wealthiest person, yeah. is, I mean, how much wealth can go around, right? And in those, in those projects, like I would imagine that they, they could, you could do both, right? Like how much money can you imaginably, if you're the world's wealthiest person put into you as a sole person put into, into solar farms, right? And, we, um, we have to put a cap on that. Right. We can't just say like this is unlimited source of money. Right. Then then you can do everything. But let, let's let's for this situation, like hypothetically, like what would be the cap? Like, should we take like the current like, I don't know, current Elon's valuation or like Jeff Bezos valuation? Like based on Ooh, is, the, is the cap relevant? Is the, is the cap relevant? Raj? I mean, when you're the one, I think it is. Wealthy, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I think it is. I think it absolutely is, because like, let's say like I would like to do something that benefits like things in the world today, like what we live in right now. But also someone needs to kickstart like about the future and saving the human race too, right? And that's what all these initiatives are all about. So someone needs to start that process eventually. And I think that's what they're doing right now. However, I would also like to have enough funds to help support and put infrastructure around for those who really need it in the world today. So I don't know if I have enough money to do both. That that's a win-win for me. Well, then what are you going to do? Like, and enough money to spoil yourself and 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 buy the luxuries that you that you need, or should that money involve? But it's like the billionaire scale, the luxuries and the spoiling yourself is like such a small fraction of your total wealth, and you yeah. probably get tired of the McLaren after a while. Like, I, I kind of think the projects and the creativity would start to take over. I do think a cap is important. And the other thing is like to note, sure, Elon's net worth on Forbes or whatever is like 180 billion or 150 billion or something crazy like that. But a lot of that isn't necessarily liquid. Like a lot of that is just wrapped up in stocks. It's just Absolutely. like on paper, yeah. he's 180. Sure. And it, mean, it doesn't mean that next, like tomorrow, he can just go and spend $150 billion on something. Billionaires typically dole it out slowly over time, right? Like it's like 2 billion this year, maybe 5 billion next year. It's like small fractions of their total wealth. So it's not like Jeff Bezos can summon the entire uh, budget of NASA and just like make a NASA competitor full on, like with all the infrastructure and everything next day. So there is some realistic limitations. Well, and the volatility. I mean, if you look at, I mean, Elon's like net worth can change drastically just based on the volatility of the stock, it, stock alone. I mean, it's so pegged on just, yeah. it's, it's so pegged on the, the, the valuations of Tesla, which a lot of people would argue that are yeah. unjustified. And so therefore there's just even a lot of risk where, where his ranking is. I think his, I think it's, I think he's in a temporary place of being the world. Personally, I, I, in my opinion, I think it's because it's so heavily based on Tesla's valuation in the stock market, which yeah. is highly volatile. I think his rank is just, you know, temporary, but to your point, I think you talked about more like Bill Gates, like Bill Gates is a good example, right? Like I think, you know, you praised him for, being the most moral with his wealth, both with his time and his money. But is that like, is that his obligation? Like, did he, when he started Microsoft or thought of his, you know, creativity, did he think that, you know, I'm doing this so I can, so I can have this obligation, right? So I can have this more obligation of doing good. I don't think so. I don't think they do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I think his wife played a huge influence in informing, you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But like going back to, Hey, I mean, I, I think all of you guys know that, um, yeah, like I, I wish Elon took profits and sold his shares. <laughs> helps, me with, <laughs> helps me with my Tesla puts. But uh, <laughs> that, like, but yeah, like, like he said, like, I, I don't think Elon's the world's wealthiest man anymore. I think Tesla dropped um, quite a bit and, and, and now Jeff Bezos took the spot all over again. But 
it goes back to the aspect of, I guess, like if you have wealth from that sense of wealth, I think realistically, I guarantee you, if we had like, I don't know, $10 billion, et cetera, like let's say $10 billion, it's like we don't have, we're not the world's wealthiest person. I believe personally, I mean, you guys could agree with me or not, but most likely we're going to do a lot of the money, like a lot of the money of like just probably investing. We're probably going to like invest it something secure and then probably realistically set aside enough money in order to liquidate it and do whatever we want to do. Either if it's like projects, philanthropic projects or personal projects or like to spoil yourself. But I feel like like there's not that many people out there who actually does a pledge like Bill Gates that, you know, I'm going to use majority of my wealth for the greater good i think didn't warren buffett also take that pledge too like if quite a few uh, actually billionaires yeah. took that pledge so warren uh, buffett and uh, gates have a bit of a bromance and uh buffett yeah. pledged 99 percent of his wealth or whatever to the gates foundation yeah so um and i also don't think like they i don't think they were thinking about that like at the end goal i think all of them were not even chasing money i think they were just they just wanted to build stuff it's all about innovation. And this is like exactly what I tell other people, right? Like, don't chase the money. Like, chase just build like building something cool or just doing something good or impactful or or you know, something you're passionate about. The money and all the tangible components will just follow organically. And and if you look at all the billionaires, they never did it on the purpose of like, I want to be a billionaire, right? They did it on the fact that like this is cool. This is a great idea. I want to keep building on it. And then eventually like it, you know, had followers or downloads or users and then it took off. Right. One thing led to another and the billionaire became like more of a secondary thing. Now, however, like when you yeah. do acquire that type of wealth, do you believe you have a some sense of responsibility to society in order to make society a better place to live in for everyone else? I mean, to an extent you do. I mean, what, I mean, when you amass so much wealth, right? I mean, you can essentially do something good for society, even if you set aside a small amount of funds, right? You can get to a point where you can set aside money that essentially just pays the project for itself just mm -hmm. through compounding interest or putting it into a trust that just accumulates wealth generation after generation. And that's, and we've seen that happen, right? In, in terms of just intergenerational wealth and how it just continues through multiple generations. But no, I, I agree with your point, Raj, in terms of like, what are you ultimately chasing for? And, and I, I, I tell people this very similar things like, don't, you know, if you're looking for gratification and if that gratification is monetary and it comes from a, a, amounting to some sort of additional pay or wealth or salary or whatever it might be, why not shift that gratification to solving a problem and still getting the, the feeling of the, the good feeling of solving something, right? Or solving for something or executing on your idea. And, 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 and the money will follow, right? And, and if, if you don't chase the money and you actually chase the pursuit of your own happiness through solving problems or executing your idea, then that should ultimately be the, the purpose, right? Is, is that pursuit. Should it be an unwritten like law or moral code that like, if you have that type of wealth that, you know, you should be obligated to do that. Like you, you like you need to do that. Like, should it, should that obligation be there? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, if it's not, then eventually the capital gains tax is going to come and get you. <laughs> uh, what's her name? Warren? No, no, no. Elizabeth Warren. 
Elizabeth Warren will come and get you. Eventually. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But, but hey, hey, if, if someone can argue that that capital gains tax is going to go back to the government spending, which is going to help, you know, is, is going to help help society as a whole, right? People can yeah. make that argument that, and, and, you know, obviously not getting into sort of politics conversation, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can, you can argue that that, that money will go back into society, whether it be uh, at Main Street or, or Wall Street. Today, it's going back in both places, right? Our tax dollars are bailing out companies by buying their corporate debt and, and the FUD spent you know, printing money, and it's also going to Main Street through through stimulus checks. Oh, you're 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 opening up a brand new book of worms. I, I remember like having this conversation with you, Chirag, and and Summit about about that exactly. And I think like there's a counter argue against that too, saying like, yeah, but in the end, maybe our government is not spending it as it should be, or the way it was half-assed policy or a bill, and, and they actually never thought it out completely, and there's too many holes on terms of execution. That was my argument, saying that, you know, yes, it is going back into taxes and supposed to help everyone else, but it also depends on the administration that is executing it. And then if those funds are going to either war or something that's completely unnecessary and it's not the benefit of society, then one can argue that, you know, paying taxes just doesn't cut it. No, you're right. And it's inefficient as well, right? The government spending is ultimately inefficient than what a private company might be able to do, right? Yeah, no, exactly. that's, a, that's a good point. I, I'm, I'm going to circle it back, Steve, uh, to, to your original question in terms of, you know, what creative things would you do if you Okay, I have an interesting question here. So why aren't more of the, like, billionaires putting a bunch of energy and effort into longevity? Longevity or, or yeah, just or just equity in terms of just monetary, like, just funds, right? Just money. How is there more equity with regards to people's money? And then I'm like thinking, well, you, you know, that that might be a little irrational. And so, how do you make it so people can? How can you get something creative, whether it's a fund or a trust or whatever, where people can 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 feel comfortable and abundant and being able to take risks? So there's obviously tons of people out there that might be hating their job, like day after day after day, waking up on the run. And they have this great idea that they, that they just don't pursue because they're A, they're scared of quitting their job. They're fearing that they're in scarcity mode and may not have enough money, or they just may not be able to take like the three month break that it might take to find a new job. And so how do you think of something creative to offer, offer something to those, that population, whether it be finding a new job, executing on one of their ideas, but just money that goes towards allowing somebody to take greater risk. Ah, so you're thinking creative in like, economic stimulus oxygenating small businesses and the entrepreneurial mindsets kind of creative and there would probably be like a lot of detail that would have to go into thinking about that i'm, I'm not as much of an expert on that honestly i know bezos is thinking about like the homelessness problem i i know he's been working on it or that's like been a focus for him but i haven't heard any like direct progress come out of it honestly yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, there's, you know, people come out of college, and depending on your economic background and the way you grew up and, and how much wealth you made, you know, come out of college with, you know, some people have no choice but to go back, you know, but to go into getting a job, and other people can pursue a, an entrepreneurial idea because they have the, you know, the, they they have the comfort level to be able to do so. But how do you how do you give everybody that equal chance? I mean, that that goes yeah. about like universal income you know, that Yang was talking about, and a lot of you know. I think they're also trying to introduce that in in one of the Biden's bill. I don't even know if that level of income is sufficient enough to push people with ideas to actually go pursue it, because maybe they're you know usually their first concern is paying rent, putting food on the table. And even though they have these grand ideas, I don't think the universal income is sufficient enough for them to 
push towards that. Yeah, no, agreed. Yeah, no, it can't be universal income, and it can't be some sort of fund or trust because then there'd have to be some application process, and you know that of course will get caught up in a lot of things. Absolutely, I and mean, that's why like a lot of funds. That's why you have to see if like you know are a good amount of funds going to the NIH for like SBIR grants and um, like all these different you know research grants and innovation grants. Um, I think like having funding pick that up, uh, funding you know increases in that you know motivates people to actually. You know, try to get up to some of those state or federal funds in order to fund their idea. But um, I want to go back to like Stephen's good question, right? Like, how come we're always thinking about like the, the human race and whatever is good for humankind, etc. But we're always using funds on like solving issues now, and there's not enough funds going around for like potentially on emerging technology that could actually, yeah. you know, eliminate all of these root cause problems, everything from like clean energy, like we don't see enough funds going into like nuclear energy on how to make that, you know, efficient. We don't see it in cellular agriculture to kind of fight things in poverty. And and also like human longevity that, you know, Stephen has said that this could potentially help us live longer and, and you know, slow down our aging process. And I, I, that's a good, valid, interesting point. Like how come you know, if we pay taxes or funds going towards that, it's mainly like trying to solve the problem now, but there's not enough money going around for trying to completely eradicate something that could help, you know, that could benefit the human race long-term. That last one is especially mysterious to me because like if you're Zuckerberg or Bezos or Musk and you're like, okay, I can literally create a space company or an entire VR company. Like I've got a ton of power and especially Zuckerberg, I think he's in his late thirties. He's got a lot of time too. I'm just surprised that more of them aren't like publicly or maybe privately and maybe they are putting a bunch of effort into like legit potentially making themselves live a lot longer as people. If, uh, you know, Zuckerberg put a billion dollars a year into like the Buck Institute or uh, other longevity institutes, like selfishly, like obviously there's also the benefit to everyone else, but like you'd think selfishly they'd be like, hey, maybe I've got a shot. Like I've got a ton of money and I could fund this research myself and some time so like maybe by the time i'm 80 we could come up with something that would like you know make us live longer um i think part of it might be like public image like i think some of them may have thought of that kind of stuff it's just like the public image of taking people to space is sexy it's cool you know blue origins can be a project that like bezos puts out there publicly and everybody's like yeah that's cool i support that but if like zuckerberg came out tomorrow and he was like I'm starting the longevity origins or whatever company and I'm putting $10 billion a year into it. Everybody would be like, Oh boy, here's a billionaire who just wants to live forever. And he's so arrogant. He thinks he can just make it. Happen. <laughs> and like, he's of course, it's going to be super expensive and Zuck's going to be able to afford it, but everyone else is going to die. So I think like that to me, I think is a legit conversation happening behind closed doors with billionaires between them. But yeah. like, yeah, public image means they can't talk about it. Well, that's yeah. A, that's I was actually just going to ask you that, Steve. I'm like, how's nobody looking at that right now? Like, I, I, I would just, I would, I would be surprised if no one's looking at longevity. Well, not even that. I think it's just, it's just such a crappy part. Even though, let's say, like he's the only one who could afford it. I mean, he made some. You know, like you're contributing something that starts the process of eventually making it better and and more efficient. I mean, we like started with the first human genome project, and now you know they're. I mean, at that time when it first started, it was a super expensive process. Now they're trying to you know see if you can get your whole um, um hu human genome um coded within a hundred dollars, right? Like, you know, there's a company in China and then Illumina itself, right? So, 
you know, but I, I really believe like maybe everyone needs to take a page out of Bill Gates's book because he's the one who's actually sort of, you know, investing in things that are can be helpful in the future. I mean, he was the first one to really put money into nuclear innovation, right? So like he had this whole project of how to use nuclear waste and use that to power up, you know, a city. And um, no one's really looked into that. And like, you know, like he said himself, I think I'm not sure if you guys saw Inside Bill's Brain, that uh, docu miniseries on Netflix. Um, but one part of it is like, you know, it's been a very long time since there's been actual innovations, like 70 years in a uh, nuclear energy reactors and nuclear reactors. It's been 70 years, like there's been zero innovation done. And the fact that like, you know, cooling down nuclear reactors, we're still using water. Right. That's why, like, you know, it's some of these nuclear reactors um, are like associated with the ocean, especially in Japan. And then an earthquake happens and, you know, screws up, you know, a nuclear reactor and then they, you know, have like an explosion. So like now, like he looked into using um, I forgot what metal liquid metal it was, but like using liquid metal that had very, very high boiling points in order to cool down these nuclear reactors and then like using nuclear waste. Like this guy is really putting a lot of money into making these prototypes of what potentially could be the future of energy. And I think he's only the one of few people that has spent that type of money towards that type of innovation. I think that- like I mean, said, is, there, is, there, is there, but this goes back to the original point I was making is that does more money need to go into something like that that's so specific? Like if, if Bill Gates is doing it, isn't that enough? Like how much more money could you potentially put into that? And would that additional fund have any greater impact than what it when what Bill Gates is already doing with it. That's actually a really good point. I think that like eventually it's not money that's the barrier. It's like talent and ingenuity and innovation. So you have to almost do a PR campaign. It's like Musk with Neuralink right now, right? They're doing all those demos and they're doing everything else to attract talent. They are like specifically saying we need talented people here. It's not that we need more money or investors. So yeah, I think that's probably the answer. Yeah. I mean and that's same with the solar, right? Like the solar energy thing. Like there's so much money in solar energy anymore. Like is is another, you know, big chunk of Elon funds in solar are gonna gonna have that much greater of an impact, right? There has to be some sort of a um, what do you call it, like where it plateaus, right? The <laughs> But that's the thing. A lot of these innovations, right? It's like not really complementary to developing countries where a lot of like, for example, like so EVs or solar energy and alternative um, energy resources. And the reason why they're not as popular or like we really believe it's not really going to make that huge of a dent into climate change is because the developing countries in the world's out there that is producing the most carbon emissions out, out in the world, they just don't have the infrastructure to implement you know, solar panels or solar energy that is sufficient enough to provide enough energy to reduce some of these carbon emissions. And this is why, you know, I really believe I side with Bill Gates on this, that honestly, if we really want to change climate change and like really make a difference, it's going to have to do with nuclear, um, nuclear energy. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. And I, I think it's, it's interesting that we have zeroed in on Gates as kind of like, the ultimate in Bill uh, Bill's brain, the Netflix show. One of the cool quotes that I took away from it was uh, the, the interviewer was like, "Is there something you're afraid of, or what's the thing you're most afraid of?" And Bill kind of like sits and ponders, and then he looks back and he's like, uh, "I don't want my brain to stop working." And uh, it's uh, it's pretty clear that that Gates is an atheist, and like I'm sure he thinks about his own mortality, and I'm sure he has thought like all of this effort I could selfishly instead just like make myself live longer, or like put a lot of research and effort into that, and. Like the fact that he has selflessly 
you said, you know, that's not a worthwhile pursuit while there are so many people in the world that are suffering. Yeah, super commendable. I just, he's like a ridiculously awesome example. And it sucks that so many people hate on him for dumb conspiratorial reasons. I think the immortality thing is, is interesting. I was reading um, Mark Manson's, uh, I'm sure you haven't heard of this, Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. And, um, you know, in, one, in, in his, I think one part of it was saying how um, when you have wealthy folks, like they, they do live on, like I think they've come to the point where they understand that they can't cheat death. And so yeah. the only way to live on after death is putting my name on a building, being known for a specific technology, you know, Steve Jobs being known for what he's going to be known for, Elon being known for what he's going to be known for, Bill Gates. And in, the, in, 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 in that sort of abstract way, they, they are going to be immortal, right? With regards to their name, their technological world, or their impact on the world, um, whatever it might be, right? And so in that sense, they, they did invest in, in immortality in some way. Interesting. And Jeff Bezos physically building a 10,000-year clock. I think that's the most like, really, Jeff? You're not stoking your ego at all. You're not missing yeah. anything, buddy. 10,000 year yeah. clock, really? Anyway, okay. So we're finishing it up here, guys. It's been an awesome conversation. A question for everybody in the audience to take away with. What would you do creatively if you were the wealthiest person? Would you do a balance of philanthropy and some toys, but also some out there projects that nobody would expect? Would you take a tour trip around Mars and then come back? Or you know, would you work on longevity or cellular agriculture, some emerging technology? Uh, what creative thing would you do with a ton of wealth? You've been listening to our episode. All right, guys. There you have it. So question for you guys to ponder about. If you were the wealthiest person on this planet, what would you do? How creative would you be? Definitely would love to hear from you guys. Once again, thank you for listening to Unconventional. <laughs>